On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, if the Philadelphia Eagles were going to regress in 2023, why would that be? What should we be looking to avoid after a Super Bowl run in 2022? Plus, who's still underrated on this very talented roster? All that and more on a Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in everybody to a Monday edition of the show. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen five days a week. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Gina, we've spent months now and honestly now going on two years or a full calendar year hyping up this roster, how good it looks on paper. Then in 2022, it all comes to fruition. This team is incredibly talented and they look at, they dominate. They're the one seed in the NFC. They go to the NFC championship, the Super Bowl with ease. And now this off season, they lose some starters on both sides of the ball, but you know, the upgrades or, you know, some of the replacements they made were almost as excited about this team as we were last year. But of course, at the same time, me and you are realistic. We've gone through after, you know, winning the Super Bowl in 2017, me and you started this show and we saw, you know, 2018 and 2019. Listen back to those offseason shows. We were very hyped for those teams as well. And they weren't able to continue that magic. I'm not saying that this 2023 Eagles team is going to do that. But for you, if you think this team were to take a not a step back, but to struggle more this year and, you know, have there be a little more adversity what would be the context of that path, do you think? It's a very in-depth conversation because when you look at how the Eagles have had success in their two, I would say, best seasons over the last six years, obviously the two Super Bowl runs, they were vastly different, right? One team was consistent. They played well most of the season outside yep. of a couple games where Jalen Hurts wasn't there or his arm was injured just a little bit but you go back to 2017 it was an ultimate roller coaster and that team was injured 2022 was healthy right I look at 2018 19 and 20 as a way to say don't fall back into that trap right mm. you've done a great job bringing in this new medical staff which has done a fantastic job in cohesion with Nick Sirianni coming up with a game plan to keep these guys healthy they can't go away from that I think that's priority number one get these yeah. guys on the field right get them healthy get them to week one and allow them to play all of those games and one thing that they have to do in those games is continue to win those one score outings mm -hmm. continue to win the turnover battle those yeah. are two areas, and especially with injuries as well, that That's if you're point. on one end of the spectrum one year, it mm. kind of starts to average out towards maybe the middle. It could go to another extreme, but more than likely it'll start to even off. So when you look For at sure. injuries, you look at turnovers, you look at one-score wins, if they come back to average even, Lou, they should be a pretty good team. But to be the great team, you still have to dominate in, I would say, those yeah. two areas on the field. And then when it comes to injuries, sometimes the luck of the draw, sometimes you turn into San Francisco and what happened to them 
in that last game where you're down to your sixth string string quarterback on the year, right? And we've yeah. seen that in Philadelphia in 2017, having Big V started left tackle, and then Carson Wentz going out oh, in that yeah. playoff. And look at all the other Jadavian Clowney hit exactly yeah, you know, Jeff I mean, Garcia back in 2006. Right. I mean, I think injuries is the main part. And look, 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, 2020, that 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 three year stint after the Super Bowl. I mean, there were a lot of reasons that it was kept going down and down. Right. I mean, 2018 they turn it around, make a deep playoff run. 2019 they do win the division they overcame adversity but mm-hmm. i think this team much better built i think on both sides of the ball it's a much more sustainable construction of the roster to win uh, to me it's way more talented than those teams and in the conference like they are set up beautifully we've mm-hmm. spent months saying why we think they're not going to take a step back but you're right if they were because it's going to be tougher this year i don't think they're going to take a step back where they miss the playoffs or even they have to struggle like they did those two years after super bowl 52 but yeah, they're probably not going to nearly go undefeated again. Their schedule is going to be a big part of this, Gino. Their schedule is, I think, a lot harder this year. There are some really damn good teams that they're playing, contenders in both conferences. But it's the injuries. I mean, this team last year, I mean, Gino, listen to the starters and like total missed games in the regular season and the playoffs because they were fully healthy in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Like that mm-hmm. rarely happens. They got really lucky Definitely. there. I mean, they are younger, but and they did a good job in the summer, but some luck here. The the guy that missed the most games, Avante Maddox was seven. Then it was CGJ and Goddard with five, mm-hmm. Hertz with two, Sweat and Lane with one. I mean, it's got to be a health thing. I don't think they're going to go back to the 2018-2019 norm where it's a historic rate where it doesn't matter what player, their injury history, their health, mm-hmm. where they all start getting hurt, but it probably won't. There's going to be some median between 2022 and like 2018. So I, I agree. It's got to be just the health of the roster. It would have to regress to the norm, and yeah, especially in those one-score games as well. Because if you look yeah. back at those runs when the Eagles were on four straight NFC East titles, they started that run going eleven and five. Then mm-hmm. they went twelve and four. Then they went twelve and four. Then they went thirteen and three. An eleven and five season to me. So let's say even eleven and six, or let's say twelve and five. Lou, that's a successful year if you drop off two wins. If you start talking about dropping off three, four, then you get into the conversation about seeding, maybe playing that additional game with only having one bye. Because the aspiration still is, and I would say regression is not getting that one seed. Yeah. And right. how do you and get regression there? Regression feels right? like an aggressive word, you know, for like what Definitely. we're talking about next year. Yeah, no, it, it's not a, a regression or even in the conversation of a retooling or rebuilding, which you were talking about in 2020, right? This is more, how would the Eagles come back to earth? I think that's, that's a way to kind of say it, right? Because there are moments where you're saying, Man, they're getting every single bounce. The team is and fully they did, healthy, dude. and I mean, Jalen Hurts thing. is playing out of his mind. And look at the Super Bowl; they had the, the entire lineup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one the thing. time it goes wrong. Yeah, they right. Losing the biggest game in the biggest moment. No, exactly. Right? And honestly, Gino, if they regress, quote unquote, in the regular season, and if they suffer injuries, maybe the turnover balance is a little more lopsided. Even though I don't think this team is suddenly going to be just turning the football over all the time. They mm-hmm. have Jalen Hurts at quarterback and a very mature right. team on both sides of the ball. But even if they do that, a lot of the times you look in the regular season, 
you know, look at the the best years of the Chiefs in the regular season. Those weren't the years they always won the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at some teams, mm-hmm. sometimes it's when they have more adversity to overcome when they win those championships. It, a lot of the times the one seed isn't the one that pulls it off. And even if it is a one seed, the one that just like coasts to the Super Bowl, you know, that doesn't always mean that you're going to have a worse season at the end. Um, and the good thing is, too, this team is built for adversity. And we've said it before about the veterans. They went through all those years. And mm-hmm. I think these young guys are equipped to handle that kind of stuff, too. So even if they do face some more injuries, the roster is deep enough to deal with it, and I think this team has the right mindset to not let it derail a season, just like that 2018 and 2019 team did. You know, Say what you will about those teams, but they found a way when a lot of other teams would just say we're dead in the water. If you want to get a little more in-depth on what yeah. I think would make this team come back to earth, I think if you look at the offense and defense, I'm going to make one point on each. And with the defense, I think it's that secondary is not as good as it was in 2022. And in a passing league, I think it's going to be easy yeah. to tell. That that could be something that happens within the first four weeks where you're saying, okay, this isn't as good as they had last year, but they have to find a way to be able to make it through these games. And it looking would be at the, the offense, one unit, yeah, you know, you could say might yes. step back like a – is a Bradbury regression coming mm. after 2020, that last career year he had, he took a step back in 2021. The safeties aren't as good. I'm confident, but yeah, you're right. If there was a, a unit that took a step back, it, it might be secondary. Yeah. And then I, I look at the offense and I'm yeah. saying if they can't get help outside of the big three, mm. it's going to be a difficult equation to make it through to the end once again because we just talked about injuries we just talked about the turnover situation i mean there's gonna be times maybe that they throw it up and a ball that would have been caught last year's an interception to aj brown and you talk about aj he's been off the field at times and Devonte suffered injuries in his career and you just never know in the national football league but what would make them go back to earth? And it's all the things that we don't want to talk about, right? That we are the mm-hmm. positivity pod. We love to talk positive here at mm-hmm. LOE, but you have to be real. And that's what really killed us in those off yeah. seasons and 2018, sure. 19 and 20. Well, you gotta, I mean, you win a championship. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to, you got a little the hell out of the team big for our sure. bridges. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gino coming up next. I do want to talk about, that's a storyline that we don't talk about a lot regarding the 2022 season is the path they had in the regular season. I want to get into a specific part of that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's been a roller coaster of a year for me betting on the Phillies, but I'm going to keep it going until the end of the year. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go bet on Geno's Yankees. FanDuel.com slash... (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. We're back to five days a week right here on your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Shout out to the everydayers for making us your first listen. So, Gino, we were talking about in segment one, like if this team's going to take a step back, and and I didn't mean like they're going to miss the playoffs, they're not going to win the division, they're going to be worse Super Bowl contenders this year. I just mean if the regular season is harder, if there's more adversity to overcome, what is that adversity? I think we 
agreed. It's injuries, the median between like 2018 and 2022 mm-hmm. and evening out. Um, it's the, the toughness of the schedule. It might be, you know, the turnover ratio because it was so lopsided last year. It might come down to a more normal number ratio. Um, I, I think too, you mentioned a couple of positional groups that that was a good point. I didn't even think of like maybe the secondary regresses just a little bit. And we're not talking dramatic stepbacks again. Mm-hmm. Just want to keep contextualizing that. You also talked about like, you know, not having the more than the big three step up in the passing passing game. So, you know, that those are definitely storylines to watch. And the crazy part is when I was coming up with that topic for the show today, I started thinking back to 2022. I'm like, man, they really did not have to overcome much. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. Even the injuries. I mean, Howie Roseman built a young roster. Nick Sirianni took care of this team and their bodies, the veterans too, during the summer. And so they deserve a lot of credit for that. But the path in the regular season, I mean, there just was very little lows. They nearly, people don't talk about it enough, man. Like they were three, you could say three or four plays away from nearly like having a perfect season. And it's like a storyline that we don't talk about a lot. There's some moments in there that you scratch your head, like Indianapolis. It's that's true. It Maybe that's a good counter. Is there some things they got away with? The the Washington game, it, as close as it was, and as much as we would like to have said that they could have pulled it out at the end, they played terrible. I mean, they didn't yeah. do themselves any favor. But, but like outside that of that, fumble away, and you win that game. Yeah, we talk know, about getting game. all the bounces. Yeah, what if Quez catches that ball at the end of the game? against Kansas City even, right? You you talk about starting from the or end. Or hurts his fumble forward. or just you get one defensive stop. In the in the outings that you did see things go awry. Yeah. It was Gardner Minshew having to basically almost outduel Dallas, which he did, and then the New Orleans game, if Jalen's in there, you probably say they win that. I was gonna say game the game was well. close. It's down to the wire. And I, I do wonder, I don't know if the Eagles would have done this, but like if they're undefeated still in that game, is Jalen playing? Probably not, but I don't know. They've never been that team, though, right. that is Especially going that to, roster. to get the the perfect season, right? Something always goes awry. Uh, yeah, I know. Donovan yeah. getting hurt in the NFC Championship game or Carson Wentz after having a MVP caliber year getting hurt. Even Jalen Hurts having an MVP caliber year in he's definitely hurt throughout the entire playoffs. And that's one story I think we should definitely laud Jalen Hurts for. You talk about nearly going perfect. Well, when they did have to overcome adversity, Jalen Hurts did it, man. And he was hurting. He was hurting. In and you wouldn't games. know it when you look at that bomb in the Super Bowl to A.J. Brown. Incredible. A lot of those guys were, a yeah. lot of those guys were struggling to get through there. Lane Johnson has the reconstruct the, the, what did he have? A knee surgery, if I... And well, and it was the it was what a hernia. Oh no, he had the torn injury. The his torn adductor adduct. was torn off of his yeah. body. Luke. It is always crazy hearing about like postseason like injuries that what were they happening during through? the year. Like yeah. I remember when they won Super Bowl Fifty Two and Alshon was playing with a torn something in his shoulder, right? Yeah, his and then you look, was basically torn off, and he made that. Catch and you think the about Super the catch Bowl. he made against yeah. Eric Rowe in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you're like. I get I hit my knee on a door and I'm down for ten minutes. I mean I just, burned my finger on the stove the other <laughs> yeah. day and I can't use one of my ten digits. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's the thing about that year was just you know, even in the losses, it's like you were what Jalen Hurts played great in that Washington mm-hmm. game. I was there. I mean, that Monday night game, he was incredible. And then you look at the Dallas game, you lose in a shootout 
with Gardner Minshew. You have Jalen Hurts in that game, you're probably winning. As you mentioned, you have Jalen Hurts in the New Orleans game, you're probably winning. The Super Bowl came down to a play or two. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's something because it didn't, you know, prolong into the end of the regular season and the playoffs that it wasn't talked about as much. It kind of died. And then we started talking about like clinching the one seed. And so it kind of went under the, the weeds. But, it, you know, there is a very, there was a path where that was probably the best chance a team has had of going perfect in, in quite some time since, I don't know, the 2015 Panthers, maybe that one fifteen and one. And you talk about everything lining up, right? And people yeah. say what they want about the strength of schedule. Well, the schedules are laid out years and years in advance. You just happen to luck into playing whatever AFC division that you did last year, and you beat most of those teams, and you beat all of the teams in your division at least one time. And Washington mm -hmm. was that one game where you're saying if things do go awry, it has to be in a divisional matchup where you have to throw yeah. the playbook out. As cliche as it is, and no, I mean, you say getting it all the to time, that man. point, yeah. just toss it to the window. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback plays in that game. We've seen quarterbacks outduel each other, and then at the end of the day, it's a defense making a play mm -hmm. to win it in, in the divisional matchups. And Jalen Hurts, if he is 100% healthy, well, let's say he does that this year, Lou. We talk about regressing to the mean with most guys being injured. Well, Jalen was hurt. What if he does see 17? It's a great games? point. Yeah. What if he does play every single game? He's missed game games in the last two hurt. years. Yeah, that would be that would be huge for sure. So, you know, I, I think that's that's a good point is some things might regress, but others might improve. Like you look at if mm -hmm. Jalen plays all 17 games this year, and I, I think the passing attack could get even better. So there's a lot of things, and some of these young players can be upgrades potentially over what you had last year. So yeah, there's other ways that this all, this team could also improve. And, you know, you might, your record might not be the same as last year. You might not have as easy a path to go perfect. I can guarantee you they're not going perfect. Just look at that schedule in the second half mm -hmm. of the year, but in other ways you might be more equipped to win a championship this year, as opposed to last year. Uh, Gino, to wrap up the show, I saw on CBS, I think it was last week, they came out with a top 100 list. And of course, this is the time of year for that kind of stuff is there's very little storylines across the NFL. And with the Eagles, they had a ton of players on the list. So just to recap, the number one player for the Eagles was Lane Johnson. He was number 18. Jalen Hurts was number 31, which I thought was low. Jason Kelsey, 42. AJ Brown was 47. Myelata, 60. Reddick, 64. Devontae 69, Dickerson 77, and then Slay number 96. And I didn't really want to talk about the list specifically, but it kind of got me thinking about who's overrated on this loaded team and who's a little underrated. When it comes to like that list of players, was there a guy, and maybe just overall on this team, which is very hyped up right now, so it's hard to say anybody's underrated, but do you think there's a, a guy on this team still on offense or defense that's not getting enough flowers? Well, first off, what was AJ Brown ranked versus Jordan? Yeah, Mayada? hold on. Can, let me, yeah, let me recap. I went a little faster. Hertz number thirty-one, I think, is way too low for someone that just did that in the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, AJ Brown was number forty-seven. Kelsey number forty-two, and Mayalata sixty. I don't know. When you have like elite players at those spots, that feels low to me. I would say Jordan Mayalata has continued to be underrated as a left mm -hmm. tackle in this league. Is Dickerson because at 77. He'll be higher next year. I got news for you. Absolutely. You talk about one of the most under. They could be in the conversation every single year for having the most underrated offensive guard 
since Isaac Sayamalu well, because, was again, drafted in 2017. Everyone talks about Kelsey and Lane, and it was Jason Peters. So the guys at guard, they kind of get left in the, Brandon left in the Brooks, dark. Isaac Sayamalu for how good he played, yeah. man. And now you look at Landon Dickerson. He's going to be another one of the Eagles' greats. I think looking at that line, Landon is easily the most underrated player on that line. Yeah. Overrated, though? I just don't think Eagles get as much respect as they ever should. I yeah. even in that I can't year, think of an overrated player on this team right now. I mean, maybe no. Fletcher Cox nationally, just because he's a well-known name, Definitely. and they probably still think he's as elite as he once was. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's a really like an overrated player on this team. Maybe Bradbury, if he's not your cup of tea yeah, on the I, outside, I agree with that. as a second team All-Pro sure. player as well as he I'm with did you on that play, one. is that his only great season that we will see, or can he get back to that form, which we it's have a big seen question because Gino, he did that. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying he was, he's going to do this again, but 2021, 2020 to 2021, he definitely did take a step back. So, you he know, was horrendous. Uh, we were playing against them. Yeah. We wanted to throw out him. And every the safeties single time. are different this year. The communication is going to be part mm-hmm. of it. A new defensive coordinator. I'm not banking on Bradbury just dropping off a cliff already. He's a great zone corner, and you know he was incredible last year. And you know he doesn't have to cover number one receivers a whole lot mm-hmm. of the time. So in that way, I don't think. But I'm with you. I think he's another one that maybe based on what he did last year probably won't do that well again. I think the underrated guy, though, still, man, is our boy Josh Sweat. I mean, he was not on this list. Was Dale's got her on the list either? Uh, no, he actually wasn't, which is a well, good point. I go. did not even notice. Why yeah. isn't Dale's got her talked about as one of the he's top, a top three, three tight, tight end. end football? Yeah, and he's not like, Why on isn't that he list? discussed with Kittle? Why? I, I, Kelsey's in his own right. Like, put Kelsey where he belongs. He's the best of the best. But right now, are there Goddard three other tight ends in football? Who, no. who else do you take outside of Goddard? It's Kittle, Goddard, and there's a huge drop off after that. I, I don't know. I don't see anybody. I don't see like anybody that I'm taking. And same no, with neither. Josh Sweat, Lou. There might not be 15 guys, maybe 20 that are better than him. And yet, how many non Eagles fans truly know who Josh Sweat is? Probably not, because you know Hassan Reddick, who's one of those top seven also, guys in the league right now. Individually, you know, very underrated. I mean, he Absolutely. was, to me, the defensive player of the year last year, and he was ranked number 64. He should have won deep boy. He should have won the deep 19 and a half sacks last year, if you include the playoffs. Some of the biggest plays of the year, clutch moments. You know what's funny is, like, PFF actually ranked Sweat and Reddick today as the best edge-rushing duo in the league, so they're getting their flowers a combo. But individually, both are still, I think, very overlooked. I think Brandon Graham's still the biggest name nationally at defensive end. Devontae Smith is still underrated. People are going to say AJ mm-hmm. is the number one, right? But if you in-depth watch Devontae as much as we do, we know truly how great this player is mm-hmm. and who he is still yet to become, man. I mean, I can't wait when he's eight years into his career. I just think of a guy like Marvin Harrison, who as his career goes on, you're like, this guy can't get better as a route runner. And then he's an even better route runner than he was four or five years ago. And yeah. I think Devontae, when you look back at that conversation, people are going to say, why do, why don't we pick up on this? this trend sooner that this guy could break out. And same with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is getting the Zach Ertz treatment. Ertz was never regarded as that number one or two guy ever. Yeah. Even in that season when he had a hundred catches, it's like, Oh, he only gets 6.7. Well, it is interesting. You look at both of them and they played in an era where Ertz always had to get past what Kelsey and Gronk. 
right? Mm-hmm. For the majority of his career, he had one of those guys at least in front of him. And now with Goddard, it's, it's Kelsey. And now Kittle kind of goes in there replacing Gronk as that other guy in that big three. But it is cool, though. The Eagles have always had that, you know, 2A or 2B or number three guy at tight end over the last 10 years. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he should be on that Definitely. list. If he's a top three tight end, and he's, to me, the best deep threat at tight end in the league and run after the catch, he's right there. So you'd have to believe. Yeah. I got yeah. two. I got two more for you that might right. be a little underrated. Avante Maddox, simply yeah. because I don't think he's on the field enough for people to get That's that full very understanding good last of what year. he yeah. is. Very. Elite efficiency last he's year. He's been very played. good he in just, the slot for years. Yeah, he just missed seven years. games. So yeah, and a younger player who is going to get his flowers, but right now is underrated by the league. Milton Williams. I thought that people are going to know yeah. who that kid is after this year, in my opinion. Yeah. I like that for sure. I think there's still some underrated players on a and maybe it's too because you know this team is so good as a whole. You just forget about it. No, it's a good point. Uh, individually, some of these guys that are very good just it's such a collective mind hive almost of star mm-hmm. talent that you know every one guy might not always be as focused on. But yeah, I think it's definitely interesting that there's still some guys that both sides of the ball going to be huge pieces of this team that just maybe nationally don't get as much recognition. All right, Gina, we got four more shows this week right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Subscribe wherever you get the podcast and on YouTube as well. Shout out to the Everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. We're also available on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DiBiase, L-O-E. Until tomorrow, for Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you, as always, for downloading, watching, and listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.